0: Hello and welcome to the Equine Physio and Rehabilitation Podcast. My name is Dr Gillian Tabor. I'm a Chartered Physiotherapist and I specialise in the treatment and the rehabilitation of horses. So this podcast is all about motivation, energy and flow. So it's a little bit of a diversion from my normal type of podcast where I'm talking usually about, you know, physiotherapy techniques or rehab exercises or maybe choices of therapies. So potentially it's a little bit out of my area of practice, um, but, you know, actually I don't think it is because hopefully I'll explain a lot about why I think this is actually an important sort of element that I need to think about and also this is my podcast so I can actually talk about what I like to talk about and I've been reading a lot into this recently so when I am working with my own horses and with my clients' horses, I want them to be happy. I want them to be healthy. Uh, You know, I want them to be performing optimally, obviously. Now, if they've had an injury or they've had an illness and they've been off work, we need to think about rehabbing them back towards that optimal performance. Now, it doesn't matter whether your horse is heading off to the Olympics or whether that horse's role for you is to be happy and comfortable as a companion in the field or maybe hacking or lower level competition it doesn't actually matter we need to have them fit for purpose so what we need for these horses as they are going through a work is that they are training effectively and I've spoken about training in previous podcasts but basically effective training is about considering you know basic physiological principles such as the overload principle so we are generally trying to sort of push out of our comfort zone we're trying to stretch ourselves as in uh, demands rather than uh, physically stretch ourselves uh, so that we are uh, actually stimulating the body to adapt And we want the body to adapt perhaps by increasing the density of bones or changing the structure of the soft tissues we're looking for muscle development so the muscle grows in bulk so it's called hypertrophy and to do that we actually need to increase the intensity that we work our horse Now, we know that if we uh, don't increase the intensity, then we're not going to progress. We're not going to stimulate adaptation. But also, if we increase the intensity too much, then we are putting ourselves or our horses at risk of injury. So it's got to be balanced, obviously. But what we really want is for our horse to offer the effort that is required to increase that intensity, Now, I've worded that carefully. Uh, I'm not a behaviourist, so I'm talking about it purely from uh, my sort of reading around the subject and my physio head. But that effort, really, we want it to be voluntary. We don't want to be forcing our horse to work harder because that isn't a pretty picture, is it? If we are having to coerce our horse into putting more effort in... um, you know are we using fear-based training to try and increase the amount of effort, then that's not uh, going to be very good. Effort and looking at horses or even people that are enjoying their work shows as you know that visible sign of enjoying what you're doing. So somebody that's dancing um, or a horse that is playing in the field um, or a dog that is you know, chasing a ball or playing with a tug toy. They're putting in that effort, which is naturally increasing the effort that they're putting in. I know we have some horses that they're, They are sort of energy-saving horses. Um, And then we have those horses that are, you know, very um, everything sort of outward and they offer everything at 100 miles an hour. So there obviously is a a personality, if I can use that word, um, or a sort of traits for a horse, a behavioural traits for that horse that do relate to the amount of effort they put into work. But what I would really love is for... Horses to have positive emotions related to exercise so that then you can easily increase the effort levels, the intensity of the workload goes up and therefore you have a training effect. Um, So how do we, how do we get there? Well, I mentioned, you know, coercion uh, or fear. If you've got a horse that is working um, but is, underneath that sort of banner of being fearful you're not going to have any learning and they're certainly I don't think going to offer you the right kind of effort It's going to be sort of escape or avoidance isn't it if the horse is fearful you're going to get stimulation of the sympathetic nervous system you're going to get that horse that's going to have a, you know a hypervigilance, a, an arousal level that is you know going to move into being distressed We're going to, as a result, have a release of adrenaline, that flight or fight reflex. Um, And then, you know, if that is then continued, uh, we're going to have high levels of cortisol. And cortisol has, you know, a negative effect on the well-being of animals. So we don't want to challenge our horse or chase it or um, do anything that is increasing the intensity through fear. So we need to also think about the motivation for effort or um, activity. And then if we do go back to our behavioural principles, we have this idea of our quadrants of operant conditioning. So we have our reward-based elements, which are sort of half of it. So we have the pressure and release of negative reinforcement. And then we also have the addition of something that the horse finds nice, which is positive reinforcement. We can use those uh, in training um, if those are used ethically, obviously. Um, There are some people that are very uh, anti-negative reinforcement, but it is really it's the main way that we sort of standard practice trains our horse. Um, I've moved to a sort of combined approach. I still use negative reinforcement because I use leg aids and rein aids and um, pressure to move the horse away. Um, but hopefully I do it in the lightest and the shortest cues possible. But then I um, follow that up with reinforcing with more of a, a positive reward with either a food reward or with scratches or um, you know something that the horse finds nice. So those, that's half of our operant conditioning quadrants. And then we've got punishment, we've got the addition of punishment, positive Um, punishment and then we've got the removal of um, something nice Um, so you know taking away that uh, sort of interaction perhaps with the horse's negative punishment or for my uh, children taking away their wi-fi Um, but those are used less hopefully positive punishment is used a lot less in horse training um, than the reinforcement side of it so Thinking about those, those are extrinsic motivators for the horse and there's literature to say that enjoyment and sort of increased effort comes with intrinsic motivation. So we need to have a think about what that actually means. So the idea of when something is intrinsically motivational is when the performance of the activity is rewarding for its own sake. And this links with a human psychological theory that I've been reading about that is called self-determination theory. So I was first put onto this by um, Kathy Sierra Sierra of Panther Flows and then also Marianne Davies of the River Tiger um, coaching. And it's really interesting because... It's come from some research, um, you know, it stems quite a long time ago, and you can actually read a lot about it. And I listened to a podcast with a chap called Dr. Richard Ryan, uh, who is sort of one of the main researchers and authors in this. And the idea being that if you've got intrinsic motivation, you can optimise performance. Now, that obviously is for humans, but you can actually translate this idea that if we could find something that was inherently enjoyable or interesting for our horse, perhaps, you know, there would be better performance. You know, they would put more effort into it. They therefore would have higher well-being. So what do you need for this sort of self-determination theory you actually need autonomy um so can you make the decision for yourself to do whatever you're doing or how you do it and I don't think our horses have a huge amount of choice and I'm not suggesting we just turn it all over to them and they they have choice as to whether they do their rehab exercises or not. But it is about, you know, if it's uncomfortable for them or if they are in pain, which I will talk about a bit more later, can they say no or do you listen to them? And is there options for them? Can they do A or can they do B? You know, would that increase the agency of the horse, their, you know, their self-autonomy? The other thing is, is about this level of competence, you know, does your horse have the ability to achieve what you're asking them to, to do or is it in there, you know, is it near, are they nearly able to do it? If we ask too much, then that's certainly not going to be enjoyable. So it's, it's the Goldilocks principle of what you're asking them to do is not too easy or not too hard, but perhaps it should be a little bit challenging so that we get that physiological adaptation. Uh, And then the third one in the human model is relatedness. So are you connected to a social environment? Now, that one doesn't translate quite so much over to horses. However... Is your horse happy? And I'll say happy in air quotes. You know, are they settled in their environment? So again, that relates to they shouldn't be under stress because of fear um, and they should have, you know, the things that they ethologically need. So friends, forage and freedom. So if you've got all of those three, then your activity is going to be more enjoyable. And so you're going to have more motivation to do it. And then if we can tap into all of that, then perhaps we could step into the realm of another psychological theory in humans that's called flow. And flow is the state of complete absorption or engagement into an autotelic activity. And that's an activity that one finds rewarding, intrinsically, irrespective of any end product or extrinsic benefit. So this idea of the flow state I was introduced to it um, a little while ago um, by an equestrian coach, Lisa Ashton, um, and she was talking about it from a mindset point of view from myself and about training the horse and how I felt about it. Uh, but. I wonder whether it could relate to horses. And I've been reading a paper about flow in uh, animals. It's a brilliant paper. It's come out in uh, 2022. And I will give you the references for it in the show notes because it's such a good read. And it's um, uh, an open paper so anybody can read it. But this idea of being in the zone, which you have, when well, you know, in peak performance doesn't necessarily only relate to exercise. It can relate to some activities such as chess or writing or reading or dancing. But we all know sort of when we've been in that zone and it's where the actual sort of challenge is balanced with the ability that you've got. So you need to um, think about that in terms of the skills that you have to be able to achieve it, and then how much uh, you know, how much of a challenge, or you know, how difficult the activity is. If it's too easy, you know, the subject, you or the human will get bored. But if it's too hard, then you will have anxiety and worry about it. Um, Again, if it's too easy, you'll be too relaxed and then you won't actually challenge your physical system enough. Um, but to get this exact balance, which is not a static thing, but, you know, you have to keep on top of it and challenge uh, change it so sort of dynamically during the course of the activity. But this idea of flow is so, so interesting. When you are in flow, um, clever people have measured the chemicals that float around your body. And these are those pleasure drugs. They're ones that are uh, intrinsic to us. So the noradrenaline, dopamine, endorphins, anandamide and serotonin, which increase your physical performance and they increase your cognitive performance. So, you know, perhaps this is going to then help with pain management for our horses. And then maybe it will be a sort of self-selective cycle that if we get into this state um, that feels good and then the animal is going to increase its sort of motivation intrinsically to carry on working um, to actually as a secondary effect for you to have the outcome that they get stronger or they work in a better posture or they um, sort of uh, activate um, this sort of joy of doing exercise So it's exceptionally complex and I am only just scratching the surface, um, but I am so interested in it. And I'm going to leave you with a a sentence that came from the paper that says, can we provide animals with the same access to a sense of enjoyment that we as animals value so dearly? So do you recognise whether or not your animals have that sort of post-exercise high? Do they enjoy it? Is it actually possible for our animals to have that same feeling that we do? Well from the paper I read I I think we are suggesting that they possibly can um, and tapping into that is something that perhaps in our training we should think about uh, so that we have you know overall this idea that our horses are getting positive emotions from the activities that we do with them and hopefully that'll then have a knock-on effect into having better and more um, optimal performance uh, in either our rehab or our training or perhaps in competition. So I mentioned that I was going to talk about pain uh, I unfortunately deal with horses that are in pain, and I wonder how much that alters their motivation to do exercise, because. You know, we can rationalise that perhaps if we get moving, we might feel better afterwards or actually a small amount of pain now will result in or, you know, will not affect our long-term goal of achieving what we're going to achieve or maybe the day after going to the gym or doing some training, you feel sore. Again, you know that actually that is a sign that your body's adapting to what you're uh, putting on it. But our horses don't understand that. They can't reflect or project or... It's very unlikely that horses understand this idea that actually their pain would get better if they move um, unless they have had experience of that. Or unfortunately, perhaps in chronic pain, they've just come to tolerate a low level that um, they carry on life with. But it's up to us really to be the one that identifies pain and actually acts on it. Whether it is managing it either medically, surgically, or with therapy, I don't think that we're going to have a horse that's going to be motivated to move whilst they're in pain, unless you know we put a lot of external pressure on them, you know, through um, fear or force or coercion. So, trying to get into this idea of. Um, flow or intrinsically motivated exercise is going to be very challenging whilst we've got pain. So I just wanted to add that into it um, so that you didn't think that I was ignoring the concepts um, to do with having, uh, you know, having and working with a horse in pain. That's sort of a slightly separate matter. But on the upward slope away from the acute situation of pain, then certainly, getting the horse moving and willing to move and wanting to move is definitely part of any rehab and training plan. So, I stepped outside my comfort zone talking about this as I said it's my podcast um, but I can uh, steer it the way that I want and this is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while and perhaps I've got some of the theories wrong perhaps I haven't quite expressed it correctly so I urge you to go and google the flow state and um, find out about self-determination theory uh, because it doesn't just apply to exercise it can apply to business and employment and managing people uh, as well so um, it's something worth looking at if you've got any comments or any thoughts about it, please drop me a message. Please do send me an email or on my social media, which on Instagram is at Dr. Tabor Physio, and uh, on Facebook, it's Tabor, Equine Physio and Rehab. Um, send me a message or you can screen sc- screenshot uh, the app that you're listening to this podcast on and please do share it so more people can listen. And yeah, I hope to get to speak to you soon. And um, please go out there and enjoy getting into your flow state.